<laughs> it had to happen. It had to happen eventually. Not tonight. You're not on the list. Hello, I'm Connor McLoon and welcome to the You're Not On The List podcast produced for Rewind That Track. On this podcast, we interview, dive deep and take a journey into the lives of those in the music industry. Everything from backstage to onstage, we're here to chat to the people that make up the scene. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you very much for checking it out. If you haven't already, can you hit that follow button on Spotify or Apple Music? And can you give us a five star rating if you enjoy the series? Now, for season two, we're going further and uploading parts of the interviews to the YouTube channel the weekend after it's released on audio. So if you want to see the interview, head over to the Rewind That Track YouTube page. My guest this week is a high-energy drum and bass producer and DJ, it's Georgie Riot. During this episode, we discuss how using video can help build a social presence and a brand. I was posting like on videos on Instagram and Facebook of live streams and stuff. People started sharing them, like um, DMB pages. How she goes about putting together mixes for BBC Radio One. But I tried to put my own stamp on it, you know, like I wanted to use like songs that are more like radio friendly. Cause I, I do, when I'm playing live, I'll play a lot of jump up. And the highs and some of the lows she's experienced whilst playing out at events the promoter was like very intoxicated and he uh, like lost it, completely lost it. And when I got there, I waited 20 minutes for my set ready to start. And then when I went on stage in front of a sold out venue, um, he said, no, like you're not playing your set. And he started swearing at me. Now, just a heads up, we've made it to 30 episodes without any technical issues. So it eventually had to happen. My microphone in this episode doesn't sound like a normal episode. And that's because the program decided to change the inputs after starting the session. You can still hear everything fine, so don't worry. Plus, Georgie sounds absolutely fantastic. You're going to want to listen to what she has to say. So let's crack on and get into it. My guest this week is a high-octane, high-energy drum and bass producer and DJ. She's featured on Radio 1 Guest Mixes, UKF live streams, played the likes of Made Festival, Bass Fest, Tank, Ministry of Sound, and is set for a huge 2022. It's Georgie Riot. Good evening, Georgie. How are you? Hi, I'm very good, thank you. <laughs> what have you been up to today? Just chilling, really. I had another Zoom call earlier. Yeah. Um, saw my mum. Just nice. been working on music, really. Working on music. Yeah, we, had yeah. A, we had a phone call earlier in the week. Uh, you were working on music. I won't disclose what, but um, working on music. Is that sort of what takes up your, most of your time at the moment? Sort of like the week to week? Yeah, literally all, all week, really. That's all I do all day. I had to uh, record a mix as well. Well, I've got I've got three I need to do, but uh, I did one yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've got quite a lot going on. Can't really nice. talk about it yet. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, NDA and stuff that uh, yeah can't talk about at the moment. Obviously, you're human. Everybody can work for 24 hours a day. Like, uh, what do you what do you do in your downtime to sort of, like, relax when you're not producing or when you're not practicing mixes and stuff like that? I just play a little bit of Call of Duty and uh, Rocket League, really. <laughs> yeah, so get a bit of a gamer. Yeah, that's pretty much all I do. Watch yeah. an occasional, like, series on Netflix. Yeah, that's you. all I do in my downtime. Oh, I go to the gym. Start going to the gym. Yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a new twenty twenty two tradition? Yeah, I've been going three times a week. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> nice, nice. So we start February. Does that mean you've been three, six, nine, twelve, twelve times at least this year? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't sound <laughs> we'll very confident that. in that. Yeah, we'll just say yeah. We'll just say yeah. We'll just say yeah to go with it. Are you backing yourself as a bit of a? Uh, are you a good a good gamer then, or like? Um, 
Mm, not really, no. 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 I mean, no. Up, up until lockdown, I hadn't played games ever. I, I used to have a Game Boy um, and a Nintendo, but I never played computer games. Like, or I mean, I've, I play it on my PC, but I've, n- I've never played Call of Duty or anything like that. Hmm. Uh, so it was all really new. I had to like learn all the controls and stuff. Obviously, like all my friends have been playing it since they were like, I don't know, 12. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was very new for me. As someone that's in the music industry, like, do you uh, have you played with anyone else that is in the music industry? Like, I'm trying to think of trying to go through my head of like who I know that sort of games. I have indeed. So cool. my boy, my boyfriend is um, Suki, and he's constantly <laughs> playing games. Um, I've played with him, uh, Subsonic, uh, Holy Goof, okay. uh, Chris Lorenzo. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There's other people, but I can't okay. remember. That it's know, just I've because. Ask you now, like, who's who's top two out of everyone? My uh, my boyfriend is really. You're that's not, he'll support that. that. He'll, he'll appreciate that's not that. me being biased either. That he's really good. I don't yeah. know how he's so good. He's good at everything, any game. Okay, good um, at producing, good at DJing, and good at yeah. drums as well. It's quite annoying, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, save it for someone else. Like, <laughs> oh, well, at least like it's. Got, I think like people listening will be interested to know like who sort of plays together and who's playing online together, and mm. we'll be like, oh, that's pretty mad. Is there like a group chat that you're all jumping on and being like, right, we, I know we're producing at the moment or something like that, but do everyone want to go on there or is it just as and when? Uh, we've got a Discord. There's a okay. Discord group. Um, Proper gamers. But I'm not always in the Discord group. We've got separate ones. We've got lots of different ones, but I'm not in the group with with the bigger DJs. Oh, <laughs> I'm, there's even a area in a yeah. Discord chat. Never mind the club or backstage or even the VIP areas. <laughs> you're like, nah, sorry, you can't get into this one. Like, you're not on the list. Um, I think it's because they're all uh, really close friends and I'm obviously a newbie. So, you know, I'm just yeah. like tag along with Dom. Like, I just, um, you know. <laughs> you might be looking too deep into it. You know what? It might be, and I don't know because I haven't played with it, but you might just be rubbish at games. I'm quite bad, but there's a couple of people that are quite bad, but I don't think I okay. should say it. <laughs> you don't want to throw anyone in the bus. Never mind, like, to do a DJ or anything. It's like that. They're shit, They're shit, You don't want to be saying that. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, that's 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 a nice little peek behind the curtain. I'm going, you know what? It, it doesn't stop. It doesn't even stop backstage or in the club. You still get left out in the cold sometimes, <laughs> even if I can play FIFA or playing Call of Duty yeah, or anything like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, we mentioned some of your accolades right at the start, um, the places that you played, like some of the big names, some of the stuff that we're going to discuss later on in the podcast that you've got coming up in 2022. But to throw it all the way back to the start, what was sort of like your uh, what were your earliest influences or earliest sort of welcomes into music so like whether it was around the house or whether it's sort of like the first gigs and raves that you were going to what was it that sort of like lit that fire of interest um so i, I grew up listening to like a lot of bands like alternative bands like my chemical romance and tishkari i don't know if you know any of these like, I do, like I do, absolutely. E- email alternative bands <laughs> um my mom used to take me to gigs um from like the age of 12 um so i was like a proper little like a, I don't know, like a little, I was going to say emo, but it's probably not the best word. <laughs> a little, I just listened no, to band. That was a collection yeah. of people, wasn't it? Like, that's it fine was, to say. Yeah, that's it was the, the time. The yeah. Um, but yeah, so I did that. Um, I always loved music. And um, in secondary school, I did music as a GCSE. Um, I played the drums. I was in the school band. <laughs> nice. Um wasn't so cool back then or, or now. <laughs> I've got a question about that, the school band, because I'm mm. thinking my band, like I went to, I was not obviously went to school, but I did go to school. My mm. school didn't have a school band. Like what was, what was the premise of like, when did you guys play together as a school band? Like what are you doing? Like performing gigs or is it like Christmas, um, strictly Christmas concerts? 
What were you doing like? I I can't really remember much from my childhood at all, really. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I I know that we did like, there was some assembly performances and like at events they did um, after school kind of thing. It was one of them things. Yeah. Um, But it was always in the school. I don't think, I can't remember ever playing anywhere else with band. Yeah. Is that where you sort of got your first taste of like rush of like, oh, audience reception audience reaction here like you're smashing um, away the drums I, and you're I like actually, this is sick I didn't like it I didn't like performing in front of anyone okay. <laughs> especially in the band like um, I th- feel like I got pushed into doing it because uh, I did music you know okay. and um, you know I was kind of up for anything but I kind of p- p- part of me didn't want to do it at the same time because got quite bad anxiety so performing in front of like the whole school was quite stressful okay. for me <laughs> yeah um, but yeah so um, how did I, you uh how did you sort of like combat then like was it just being a case of being thrown at the deep end where you're sort of like right i've got to play this now or like obviously we'll get it, onto yeah it, later, it was but... it was kind of one of them things where i'd committed to it i was like right i mean, i said i'd do it so now i've got to do it so yeah <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't that deep it was all right i got through it you know <laughs> nice nice um, uh, and do you still i mean we can talk about it not if it depends how comfortable you for now do you still sort of feel anxious now on stage when you're like playing out or like if you're playing at events yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I get quite, quite. I had used to have like panic attacks quite a lot. Okay. Um, right from the start when I started DJing, um, and performing in front of people, I didn't even like performing in front of my friends at home. Like when my friends would come over and would have like a little party. Yeah, little praise and afters yeah, or stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't want to DJ in front of anyone, even though that a lot of them couldn't DJ anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. I'm okay. I'm good now though. Like I've progressed and I, i'm not nervous anymore yeah i am still a bit nervous before going on stage though it does do you think that just comes down to the regularity of like how regularly you're playing out now and like it's just like repeated mm. behavior so you're like okay i feel comfortable with this now because i'm so used to this experience yeah everyone said it would get better like uh, everyone was like oh the more you do it the easier it'll get um and I was like, oh, well, it doesn't seem to be getting any easier yet. <laughs> and then um, as time went on, and now I am doing like every weekend shows kind of thing, it's it's a lot, it is a lot easier now. I still do get um, quite nervous. Like I played in Oxford on Saturday. And, that's um, sweet. Yeah, it was sold yeah. out. And I was just, I don't know, I just psyched myself off and was just a bit nervous for it. And I was making everyone else nervous, like the MC, <laughs> the MC <laughs> in the dressing room. He was like, stop it, you're making me nervous now. And he's, he, oh, it's funny. Um, but as soon as I get on stage, like, I, it's fine. Like, it just goes away and the adrenaline kicks in and you're just fine. Not tonight. You're not on the list. Hi, it's Georgie Ryan, and you're listening to the You're Not On The List podcast for Rewind That Track. We've had a couple of people on the podcast talk about Play, I don't know, so if this is if this put my foot in my mouth, I apologise. But um, a couple of people are talking about playing um, whilst having a drink sometimes. Mm. Like so, some like well, they'll they'll comfortably be like, yeah, I have a couple of drinks before I play out live, and like a couple of drinks. And then there's other people that I've spoken to that are like, no, I literally like don't touch a, dr- a drop of drink until after the set, and they feel more comfortable and they feel more like both ways make some people feel more comfortable and confident either like somebody's going to be totally sober so they know that they're not going to fuck up because they're not drunk and then vice versa sometimes obviously people get a little bit of dutch courage and they're like right i'll get into my system and like that have you um do you feel like that sort of an impact does that impact your sort of performances at all like would you sort of like are you comfortable like to have a drink sort of like when you're playing out and about or is it like actually now i'm not touching anything until after my set um i tend to drink a lot of red bull during my sets um so i I'll drink, uh, I'll have like one drink with, with alcohol in there, a bit of vodka, a bit of 
Red Bull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'll have one when I'm when I'm mixing, um, mm-hmm. and also a lot of Red Bull, just Red Bull on its own. And then afterwards, if I stay and I'm having like a look, I, I tend to go home after. But um, do yeah, I do. I tend to go yeah. home yeah. unless there's like something else going on. Like uh, the other day, me and my boyfriend Dom both um, had a show. And um, Mackie G was in between us. So we had an hour and a half wait in between. So I had a few drinks then and some of our friends had came out. So we stayed out for a bit. Mm. But generally, I like to be completely sober just because yeah. I can concentrate and stuff. But I mean, on New Year's Eve, I had a couple of drinks beforehand. I was feeling a little bit tipsy before I went on. Yeah, it waved. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if you Probably have a... Probably for the reloads, double is yeah, now. Like, if you yeah, have a couple, a couple of drinks is fine. Like a couple mm. of drinks does give me a little bit of Dutch courage, as you said. Yeah. But um, generally, I... I don't drink at all, really. Yeah. So then sort of how did you, so you were going to, as you said in your phrase, you were in your emo stage uh, when you were younger, <laughs> sitting in the bands, get your mum's taking you to gigs. Did you sort of then move or get an interest into sort of like electronic music? I don't know. I just started listening to dance music. My mum's always been a like proper old school trance raver. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she kind of, whilst I was also listening to bands at the time, I, I uh, was listening to trance music. There's like two sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just started listening to a lot of trance and hard house. And I remember when, um, I think it was about in 2008, like dubstep became really mainstream and I, I became like obsessed with Skrillex. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, I think from then on, I just went down the route of dance floor, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Dance, so dance what was his music. first EP? Was it like Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites, that one? I don't know what his first one was, but that I think that was the one that got me cool. uh, interested. Yeah. I wanted to speak to Georgie about how she got into music from an academic background and what the road into it looked like. I knew I wanted to work in the music in- industry, but um, I didn't really know how to go about it. So after I finished school, um, I went to, to college and um, studied music technology. Um, and I decided that I wanted to become like a producer and sound engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, I did two years of that um, and then uh, I had kind of had like a little bit of a not a mental breakdown but um, a little bit of a panic as to what I was going to do with my future because there was all this pressure on me um, to like you know get a real job people always say you need like stability so mm-hmm. um, the plan was to go to uni um, and study like music production sound engineering um, but instead, I went and did a foundation year in health and social care. Okay. <laughs> um, and I decided I wanted to be a nurse. <laughs> so I did that year and then to, to gain access onto a nursing course, because obviously yeah. doing uh, music at college, that couldn't get me onto a nursing course. So I took the year doing that. Then I took a year out and worked on a mental, ha- uh, mental health ward. Mm. Um, and then after that, I... Uh, got accepted to do nursing and I waited until about three weeks before um, and then cancelled <laughs> okay. cancelled the course and went into um, modelling full time <laughs> okay was that because you knew that your heart wasn't necessarily in the, the nursing sort of side of things I think so yeah I think I yeah. was doing it because I felt as though I needed stability and I needed something that would you know last you all your life as a job because like music I was like it's not very stable it's not um I just didn't know what to where to go with it you know Hmm. I wanted to go into um events management at one point um so sort of combining that stability of job but also music yeah but but then my sister made the point that um if I was going to do events management like music management she was like you might as well go to uni and just do 
management or something mm-hmm. instead of the music side of it. And I, I would always listen to people around me. Um, like, I don't know. I just, sometimes I feel like you shouldn't listen. You should just do what you need, you know, you need to do. Cause mm. I think deep down I knew I wanted to go into music cause that's why mm. I kept going off on these different paths and then coming back and I've finally come back to it. And I feel like I'm in the right place now. Like I'm happy with where I'm going. Where do you just, because it'll be interesting and there might be people that will be able to relate to it that are listening. Where do you feel sort of like, and feel free to be as open and nice with this as you want. Where do you feel sort of like the, uh, the idea of, I need to sort of have a job like this type of job or this type of thing, or I need to go down this route. Where do you think that sort of came from in your life? Um, I think, um, so I'm, I'm the youngest of two siblings. My sister is nine years older than me. She's 30, 30 something and I'm 25. Um, so she did everything before me. She went to uni, she went and did this, she went and did that. Um, she's a doctor. Um, and then obviously I've got people in my family who are nurses as well. Um, and I feel like they're, I, I don't know, I just felt like them all having these academic jobs, you know, like these well-paid, you know, well, proper stable. Hmm. Um, I felt like I needed that too. Um, and really I, I didn't, you know, you've hmm. got to kind of take the jump and do something, you know, things are going to be scary. But hmm. I was just scared. I think that's what it was. I was frightened of not having stable income and not yeah. not being successful or failing i was scared of trying yeah you know yeah there'll be a lot of people that will be listening that will be in that situation like even to a even from a freelance versus sort of like having a nine-to-five type job thing like that people are always sort of worried about like, okay where am i going to be getting my next paycheck from how am yeah. i going to be able to afford these bills type thing but like you said yeah thankfully you did get to that point where you were like actually realistically i'm probably not going to be happy doing this and i'm doing this for the wrong reasons i'm not doing it for myself necessarily mm, I'm it's doing not going it to make you happy in the long run yeah you know? it, it's not going to be fulfilling enough or even if you did start that course you might have dropped out potentially or like you said you even could have got a year down the line two years down the line had that degree mm. had that qualification been in that job and been like ah, i still really want to produce music i still really want to dj type thing what was there sorry just to go back there between you said there was like five years and you mentioned earlier about modeling. What were you doing between sort of like the time that you finished that course and then the start of lockdown 2019 when you decided to get a pair of decks? Yeah, so um, I, I just decided that I didn't want to do the nursing course. So I cancelled it and I went into modeling uh, full time for five years. Shit. Um, I even opened up my own agency, uh, which I still run. Um, I've got two people that run it with me. Um, and yeah, so I just modeled, did a lot of hair modeling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I it's it was good. I I'd got to like the top of my game in mod, in the hair modeling scene kind okay. of thing. But then what, ha- what classes is there? How do you sort of because <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be I'll be totally with you. I've not had that many people on the podcast there. Well, I know the podcast that's come out and been like I've done I've done modeling before. So you know what? I sort of wanna sort of wanna delve a tiny little bit into that. Just to, number one, what's 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 the without sounding like too cliche? What would you say like you sort of learned from your five years of modeling? And then sort of when you say you're at the top of your game, like at top of the hair bonding game there, how do you sort of um, classify sort of like what, what the top is and like how you sort of uh, put yourself So top of the game, <laughs> this is funny, this conversation. So um, I just was getting booked a lot with a lot of clients, like all the clients in like the hair industry, I say. Well, you can we shout out any, anybody that sort of people would have heard of? or are they Just sort of like, to- you know, all the general, like Tony and Guy, Swatchcraft, Goldwell, yeah, just all, all, of, all of the hair companies. So like they all shoot every year, like um, it's the British Hairdressing Awards. Um, it's like a big hairdressing competition um, and they just book models and you'd shoot 
photos for it. Yeah. You know, the winner gets a big prize and you're the crown, the hairdresser of the year. Are you a but, winner then? Uh, yeah, but, the but, but basically I was getting um, just booked on a lot of uh, shoots. Like yeah. everyone like was just booking me. It was great. And I was making a lot of money from it. But then the co- contrast from like, leaving that kind of industry i mean i still do a little bit of modeling here and there but i don't want that to be my career anymore so I'm, i've gone from like being at the top of my game and modeling to being right at the bottom of the music industry you know mm. and i'm having to work right from the bottom again getting paid like virtually nothing like some some of the first shows i did were just free you know so i've gone from having a good stable income to going to nothing again starting from the from the beginning so that's been quite hard um that definitely highlights your passion though like we yeah. were saying there knowing actually in your truth of truths what you do want to do mm. um that definitely does like you said if, if a lot of people will will define success in different ways like different bits and pieces it might be sort of like how much money you earn or it might be sort of like i don't know where you live or it might be like sort of like how happy you are in life rather bits and pieces and stuff like that future obviously like say there like I was, I was doing really great i was making great income and stuff like that mm. but um, I've got a couple of friends who uh, say they want to do this and that, like they work like normal nine to five jobs and they want to do things like wrapping cars, you know, or like yeah, yeah, or like um, like working a like well not work but like own like a clothing store and stuff. And I'm just like always telling people you need to do it. Just if you, you've literally got one life, <laughs> sounds so cheesy, but no, like you should just do it. Like even if you have to just quit your job and have no income for a while, save up, plan plan ahead, save up a lot of money, and then you know make the change. That's what I did anyway, because I went from having an income, like I said, to nothing. I was making no money the past like two years. I made no money, um, and I I had the time in lockdown to change my career path again. <laughs> um, but yeah. Do you reckon if lockdown hadn't have happened? that you would have changed the, uh, the career trajectory. I think I would have, yeah. Lockdown just made it a little bit easier for me. Like I loved lockdown. Um, I know a lot of people had a hard time, but I I liked having that extra time locked in the house to work on music. Um, and like, the first year I just practiced DJing every day. Because um, yeah. I, I went into lockdown ha- hardly knowing how to DJ. I remember I had two small shows at local clubs just before lockdown happened. Um, at like just local places, tiny little bars in Coventry, one little club and one little bar. Give me a shout out. Uh, so the first one was at the Cas Bar in Coventry, um, and I was in there. It was like a big day event at the day session events they do, and um, I was in the garden in the smoking area. That was the tiny stage. <laughs> I was smoking. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So well, I was. You know in... what though? Guaranteed to always be busy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it actually popped off. Um, it was really good. Um, and obviously it was a hometown show, so loads of people I knew were there. Um, and then the second one was uh, another tiny little place in Carve called uh, Ivy House. Well, we, we had the two shows and then we went into lockdown. Um, so I just continued to practice for about a year. So that was like end of 2019. Wait, hold on, what are we in now? 2022. <laughs> so tw- 2019 to 2020. Yeah, so the, that whole year I was just mixing. Mm. And then um, I was posting like on videos on Instagram and Facebook of live streams and stuff, doing little live streams and just posting the clips and trying to build a following. Um, And that took a while. Um, So for people listening to, because there'll be people listening to that, they'll be interested in that because that's sort of the steps that they'll be sort Mm -hmm. of currently going through, or that's the sort of steps that they'll be looking to go through. Are we talking there sort of like, how regularly do you reckon you were posting? Sort of like, are we talking daily? Are we talking weekly? A couple of times a week. Yeah, maybe, or maybe a bit like, longer than that. If you can yeah. do it, the more the better. But um, yeah. 
like live streams and like so when you say like live streaming there was it like camera set up a tripod in the house like doing mixes just like blends and stuff on the yeah. cdjs and stuff yeah and i just do it for an hour yeah and try and make it as best mix as possible like i plan yeah. my mix and all my favorite blends and you know and then get all the clips of it and upload it as a swipe on instagram yeah swipe yeah instagram. like carousel yeah and then people started sharing them like um dmb pages you know the dmb accounts that share things and tag you yeah so I, that's how I built my following, how I started getting shows. I just messaged people on Instagram, messaged a couple places. So there will be people sort of like thinking like, oh God, I feel not, like, I don't feel like, like, I feel nervous or like that to message people. I feel nervous to send a DM. I feel nervous that it was being active in sort of like, I want this to happen. So I'm going to actively try to make yeah, it work. I'm one of them people that just goes out and contacts people and asks, because my mom always used to say, if you don't ask, you don't get, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a good way of doing it. What can they do? Say no, or just not yeah. Reply. That's it, isn't it? At the end no. of the day, literally, like, hey, yeah, say no, and then you're just like, well, I mean, that's fine. It's a slightly bruised ego. If that's the worst thing that's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. So, yeah, and then after that, I um I got an agent, and he just started getting me more bookings. They just come in. The more you do, I suppose, and I'm getting videographers. I always try and book a videographer for the good shows, the ones that I know are going to be good. Because that's what gets you bookings, really. If you're just so it's DJing, like marketing as yeah, well. you got. Marketing to, is I important. think a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people. Same with modelling. And there was a lot of models who used to not um, promote themselves online as well. Um, but yeah, you've got to got to do that. That's interesting that you've got uh, you've 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 had that experience in like obviously two two careers, um, mm. and it's great that you obviously could take that what you learned from modeling and the, the, like you said, the marketing, building an image, building a brand and everything like that, and being able to transfer that across to artistry and being able to transfer that across to being a DJ and producing and stuff as well. Because like you said, there are people out there, like there's loads of people that you think like, they make fucking sick music, but I know nothing about them half the time that like you don't know what they look like. Like, yeah. you know, like I've, I've seen this name pop up a million times, but I have no idea. It's sort of like the OGs, like from the yeah. drama basically. You've got to build a brand, scenes. a sellable brand as well. Yeah. Not tonight. You're not on the list. Hi, it's Georgie Wyatt, and you're listening to the You're Not on the List podcast for Rewind That Track. Top one that you've uh, you might you might feel comfortable saying this or not. Top one that you played, top event or top festival or top sort of standout one where you're like, this is my this is my pinnacle. This is something that's really like reflected mm. with me. I really enjoyed the one this Saturday. I really enjoyed the, my first time playing um, at Lakota in Bristol. Okay. Um, I I don't know why. Like, it was just good vibes. It was really busy and everyone was loving the music. I had the headliner slot. Um, Upgrade was the headliner and I was like mm -hmm. second headliner, whatever you want to call it. But um, basically he had another show. So he was on at like 3 or 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. So I basically took the primetime slot and it was just mega busy. And at the time I hadn't had any proper primetime slots. You know, I had, was yeah. either opening or closing. Most of the time I was closing because I, I play quite a heavy set. <laughs> so yeah, by then everyone's tired, you know, but everyone had a lot of energy and it was my first time playing in Bristol, even being to Bristol since I was like a child. Um, it was just really good. It was like good vibes. And then what was the other one I just said a minute ago before I mentioned Dakota? This weekend in Oxford was really good. Um, I was on After Shy FX, and I think what was good about that show was that he plays quite a different, like, subgenre of drum and mm -hmm. bass to me. You know, I play a lot of dance floor and jump up. He plays mm -hmm. a lot of jungle and stuff, doesn't he? He does sort of jungle, dips in there a little bit with dub sometimes, a bit, there, a bit, uh, a bit of half time uh, yeah. as well yeah, and yeah. stuff as well. 
Yeah. Um, so it was great going on after him and being able to like play a bit of a heavier set um, and it just being that contrast, you know, the different styles. Because a lot of the time I've been put on sets like with like Mackie G and like with Dom mm-hmm. as well. And we all play kind of similar, like we play a lot of dance floor and jump up um, or like, you know, the dance floor jump up hybrid. It's not like fall on jump up. It's kind of mm. like dance floor jump up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. So um, it was nice being on after someone who was playing complete different tunes to me and not having to worry about playing the same songs. That's what so that's an interesting that I was going to say, I was going to ask what angle you look at it as, because like you said, they're like, oh shit, I don't want to be playing the same song or the same type of music. Would you ever sort of change? Would you ever look and go, right, I'm playing after this person. So yeah, I'm every time, every yeah. time, every lineup, especially as a support artist like me, someone who's like just coming up, um, I have to look at everyone on the lineup and you have to take out all the other DJ's tunes. So if someone's on before me or on anyone on the lineup you can't play their tunes that's just like a thing it's just the thing that's rule you can't yeah. play their songs especially you can if you're on after them but who wants to hear the same songs again you know so <laughs> when i played at bass fest um everyone was playing everyone like sub focus was in the main room and i play a lot of sub focus um and then on my stage uh there was just like everyone like boo turno headex yeah, everyone was on. It was a massive lineup, and I was just like, "Brilliant! What am I going to play?" <laughs> my my oh. songs hadn't been mastered yet, so I was like, "They sound a little bit shit at the minute. They need fixing up a bit." Yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> hey, "What did you do uh, to go around it? Did you just go for some like?" I just had like, to twelve out like original synth dub that absolutely nobody's going to be having, or like I've got like a main set that I usually play, um, and then variations of doubles. So like I've got my favorite doubles that I play, um, and then when I what I do is I'll get that playlist up, and then I'll look at who's on the lineup, and I'll take out all the songs by all the people that are on, and see mm-hmm. how many I've got left, uh, like left in the playlist. I usually play about 65, 63 to sixty-five tracks in an hour, which is yeah. quite fast. Them, it's quite fast that is, um, yeah really that is uh I'd move yeah, my, is... i used to play at 180 and i've uh, put the bpm down to 176 is now my favorite i was okay. i went down to 178 and now i've gone down to 176 because 180 was very fast <laughs> do you know what 180 is fast uh, I, was, I mean obviously if you were playing the last like last hour of power uh, yeah. event and you were like i'm playing hard like fair enough like if you're playing that's... jump up it's not so bad but when you're playing things with vocals it's just a little bit too quick as with all live events from the moment a booking comes through to the time you set foot on stage, dozens of things can potentially go wrong. I spoke to Georgie about the worst things she's experienced, including a nightmare promoter. What's sort of like the worst thing that's happened to you at, a, at an event that you um, So one thing, I've got two things. So the first yeah. thing, um, it's not that bad. Um, it was at Bass Fest, my, one uh, well, of my, the mixer broke. Uh, okay. 20 minutes into my set so I had an hour set I was closed in the warehouse stage and um, thankfully there wasn't too many people in the room because obviously I was clashing with someone big in the main room mm. um, but yeah the mixer just it the music stopped and it started going really loud like static noise yeah really loud so loud like I could like my ears were ringing for days and everyone in the crowd was just like putting their hands over their ears um and i had to just turn the mixer off i couldn't get it to stop and the sound guy finally came over like five minutes later and had a look at it and he was like yeah i'm sorry you're not gonna be able to play your set the mix is just packed up i was like was it me 
because I was like panicking, thinking I'd like yeah. blown the speakers or something. He was yeah. like, no, no. Um, Red Island. Red Island. Yeah, he was like, no, it was just, um, it happens sometimes, you know, it had a battery and it had been, I think the event was like nine to 10 hours long or something. And so there was that one. And then there was another um, show that I did right at the beginning, um, near the beginning of like my DJing career. I mean, I'm still at the beginning of my DJing career, but I mean, like, as in last year when I first started doing shows. So I was doing a show for, like, virtually nothing. I was just getting, like, my travel covered. Um, it, but it was, like, a big show, big big stage, big company. Um, and oh, I need to think how I'm going to word all of this. Um, everything's fine now. I'm just going to say that. Everything's... <laughs> before, Very nice, before... Everything's <laughs> Yeah, everything's fine now. We've all made up, but... um. So um, they took 15 minutes off my set and I was doing the closing slot like 4 till 5 a.m. And I wasn't getting paid for this. Um, and they texted me when I was on the way to the club um, in, a, in a car, in an Uber. Um, and they, I, I was annoyed. So I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I mean... It was the promoter who texted me this. And I said, okay, whatever. As in, like, I didn't mean it in, like, a stroppy way. I just meant, like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, shit happens kind of thing. Um, but then uh, the promoter was, like, very intoxicated. And he, uh, like, lost it. Completely lost it. And when I got there, I waited 20 minutes for my set ready to start. And then when I went on stage in front of a sold-out venue, um, he said, no, like, you're not playing your set. And he started swearing at me. And um, I was like in tears, so I left. <laughs> he was like, "Go home, you're not playing." Um, and it was, it was like he was getting really aggressive, and it was just really stressful. Um, and he'd had a really bad week, um, and he's, you know, he knows that it was, you can't excuse speaking to people like that. Like he was just like, you know, when it's at the end of the night, he was really drunk, whatever. Um, but uh, he just lost it basically. He'd had a lot of pressure on him during the week, and. Um, yeah, so I went home and then he was texting me really horrible things, like really abusive. Continuing to after you leaving after you've gone. Yeah, yeah. Um and I hadn't replied. I'd not texted anything. Like this was over one tiny little thing that they'd he'd misconstrued. Um so yeah, and it was really stressful. And uh, the next day he called me and like sorted it all out and apologized and they gave me bookings in the future they've given me bookings since then and everything's fine you know it was one of them that just it was a nightmare night that just went completely wrong you know how I what I've learned from that is like just to have to be careful what you say because people like promoters especially don't know you as a person they don't know your personality yeah like you said your yeah, you when when you read a text as well, you don't know how that's coming across. So when you say something like that, people can mis misread it. And I mean, the reaction either way, however I'd said it, the reaction of him was not acceptable in any way. Like the things he said and stuff, like it was awful. Um, but it's you just got to be careful what you say because people don't know you and don't know what you're how you're saying it. You know, they don't know what you mean by things and. Yeah, I mean everything's fine. It's not like any relationships were ruined. It's all it's all good, but um, yeah. Just you haven't got to tell. You haven't got to say who it is. And if you did, obviously we'd cut it out of the podcast anyway. But um, did you you had walked onto the stage at this point? Yeah, so... I'd walked on the stage with my headphones around my neck and my USB, and um, he started throwing his arms around and was like, "You think you're doing like think you're playing your set now in front of everyone?" I had uh, people that had like 
traveled quite far like a couple hours to see me play um but yeah that is mad it's been mad so georgie you recently released a bbc one guest fix yes i have yeah it's really good. It was great. Tell me about because such an uh, honor. Such an honor. It is, do you know what? Like, we're laughing and smiling and joking there, but it is an honor. Yeah, I feel like it's, it really it's an incredible thing. Yeah. It's a pinnacle thing. It's the type of thing where you go, like, we're going, how do you judge success earlier? And everyone will judge it in a different way. And some people are saying, it's, you get those sort of brands, you get those names where it's like, even my nan would know what BBC yeah. one is. Like, yeah. that you get those points where you're like, even like the, the person, anyone, you know, you, you could straw poll anybody in the street the likelihood is that they're going to know what BBC Radio 1 is. So when mm. you create a piece of content for them and when you're asked to create a piece of content, it's like, shit, okay, regardless of however you recognise success or regardless of however you recognise sort of like how well I'm doing in life, this is a pretty good indicator of like, this is sick, this is a big thing. Know, how, yeah. did, um, how did sort of like, how do you sort of go into organising a guest mix and a structure and a mix like that? Because obviously, oh, I would say, not obviously, but I'd say there's a little bit of pressure. There's a little bit of pressure on it, isn't it? It's, it's quite a big, it's, it's a very big thing to do. So like sort of what is going through your mind when you're like, right, I'm putting this guest mix together. Need a little bit of this, need a little bit of that. And then sort of um, how did it sort of come around? Um, so I'll start off by how it came around was um, Charlie G, who you interviewed the other day. I did, yeah. yes. So um, yeah. she she just um, messaged me on Instagram and was like, um, are you free to do a guest mix? And I was like, yeah, sure, what's it for? I think I said, yeah, before she even told me what it's for. And then she was like, oh, Radio 1. And I was like, oh, so casual, like, Radio 1. I was like, stop it. I was like, you're having a laugh. And she was like, uh, yeah, I'm sitting in for Rennie. And she was like, um, I think you'd be a great person for it. And I was just like, 100%. I think I did it there and then. Like, I went and started preparing and had it recorded and sent to her the next day. I was very eager. Oh, yeah, I didn't want to turn around. I'm, I'm super quick. You, you, you were like, no, no take backs, no take backs. Yeah. Like you said it now. Type I thing, mean, but... I'm at home all week just doing music. So like if someone asks me to do something, I usually do it straight away. Although I do have three mixes I need to do at the minute, um, which I've been putting off for ages. <laughs> so I need to get that done. Okay. Yeah, in case those people that are waiting for the mix are watching this or listening to this. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, this will probably go out in a month. Okay, that's fine then. I'll have it done by then. So they'll be done. They'll be done by then. It'll yeah. Be, it'll, be, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. And then sort of like, so you literally did it. You did it very quickly. So what was, mm. what sort of was going through your mind when you're like, mm-hmm. I'm putting the guest mix together? Like, do, would you, you're obviously thinking it's going out on this platform. Like, does that sort of influence your music choices? Does that yeah, influence definitely. your music style and stuff like that? Yeah. So what I did was, um, I was, my first, th- my first thought was, um, it needs to be a slightly more commercial. And I need to pick proper, like, you know, decent songs. <laughs> I say decent, it's probably not the best best word to use. But, like, um, yeah, I, I, but I tried to put my own stamp on it, you know. Like, I wanted to use, like, songs that are more, like, radio-friendly. Because I, I do, when I'm playing live, I'll play a lot of jump up, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, like, heavier tunes or, like, just, I'm trying to think of an example, just tunes that you wouldn't hear on, you know, radio as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I put together... Um, a playlist I'll make a new playlist to start from fresh and then I'll pick out all my favorite blends that I know 100% I want to put in the mix and I actually didn't for the Radio 1 mix I didn't put many of the same uh, blends that I usually put in mixes because I'll always okay. have like my signature blends or my token like my favorite ones that I just oh, I can't can't do a mix without this blend you know like yeah I've got a couple new favorite ones <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like I, I'm gonna put it in all three of the mixes <laughs> like just that one blend <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did that, and then um, I, I wanted to do really new music, you know, like new music that just came out, or like uh, if there was a couple like unreleased tunes that p- 
people were happy for me to play. I messaged them. I put a post up on Instagram and asked um, if any producers had new songs that they wanted playing. Um, I didn't actually get that much, uh, that many people respond at the okay. time um, because I, obviously I did. It was a quick turnaround. I like rec- yeah. recorded it, planned it, and recorded it by the next day. Um, but I did get a couple tunes um, from other producers, which was good. Yeah. Like you were saying, there's a relatively, relatively. I mean, you said yourself, relatively new to sort of um, to DJ in like 2019 is when you started doing it, started getting your first gigs and bits and pieces. Then we went into lockdown. Then we had that little period of sort of like a couple of months where like festivals were on, but they weren't. They got cancelled and other bits and pieces and stuff like that. You played main festival. Is 2022 sort of being like right? This is the this is the the year now for like um, I'm going to be playing more events outside and hopefully there's not going to be any restrictions and there's other bits and pieces. I mean, like Maid Festival is massive like, as mm. it is. Like that's a, f- a fantastic, phenomenal yeah. festival. I'm on again just... at Maid this year, which is good. Um, before I was like one of the, like I think I opened the stage, but this time I've like moved back two slots, so I'll be <laughs> nice. Have a bit more of a crowd this time, even though the crowd was huge before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was really good. Maid was good. It's local as well, really close to me. Yeah, you've uh, so uh, Birmingham, isn't it? But... Yeah, so I'm in Carve. It's like twenty minutes away. Is it Coventry? Yeah, I've never been to Coventry at all. Yeah, I don't no. think I've been to Birmingham either. Really you don't need... sound very. Is it like you don't sound very brummy? No, so brummies talk like this. Yeah. <laughs> Proper brum. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, some people say when I go down south, people say I sound northern. When I go up north, they say I sound southern. They sound, say I sound like I'm from London. I remember when I lived in Manchester for two years, they were like, um, "That's where I am now." They, are you? You, yeah, so you don't sound in, Manchester either. You don't sound Manchester. What are you on about? Manchester born and bred, obviously. You, you don't no, sound joking. it though. Nah, I'm not, no, 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 yeah. not from Essex originally. Oh, okay. Um, where did you live in? Manchester. Uh, I lived in Crumpsall. It's I like North Manchester. It's opposite the hospital. The North. Uh, okay. General. Yeah. How come you uh, lived there? Uh, how come I lived there? Yeah. Uh, I just moved up. Just I'm very. Um, I understand why. Yeah. I just like to move places sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I if I, something pops into my head, I just do it. Yeah. Bit, it was nice. Bit. Six. I've been here for three three years now. Three and a bit years. Yeah. Why so. did you move up? Um. So I went to. Bournemouth University mm. and did multimedia journalism down there and I moved home and like Colchester's about like on the train it's about an hour and a bit into central London mm. a lot of my mates moved into central London um when they finished uni and I was like ah, I'm a little bit saturated, you know like well, I know I want to work in media and other bits and pieces so I was like well Manchester's got media city it's got a lot of other big brands and yeah, it's got a lot of other big companies up here I came actually the thing that swung it for me actually originally was yeah. after I was just working at this job I came out of uni I was working at this local newspaper and I was like this is fucking dead. this is shit like, this you just is fancy the change of scenery and, and I would drive up I was like I drove up to see my friends in Manchester when we went to Warehouse Project for the first time yeah. it, was before it, was at, it was before it was at Mayfield it was at Store Street uh, the previous location yeah I never went to and that I, one it was good. It's, good. it's it's a good. It's, it was sick. Well, it made me move up here to be honest. Like, there's a load yeah. of other bits and pieces, but like that was like this is fucking sick. Like I love rave culture. I love like the music scene. Like I love all these different bits and pieces. And like the lineup was like really varied. It was sick. So like Andy C headlining. Mm. You also had like Digital Mystic. So we had like really like old school dubstep set. Then you had like Barely Legal and a load of other people that were like playing as well. So it just had a bit of everything. And I was like, and then walked around the city the next weekend, like the same weekend, and was like, this is fucking unreal. Yeah, so it was, I enjoyed living there. It was nice. Not tonight. You're not on the list. Hi, it's Georgie Wyatt, and you're listening to the You're Not on the List podcast for Rewind That Track. So. One thing that I was gonna sort of well, you you touched on it earlier. It might be the same answer or not. What's your what's your favourite venue in the UK? Uh, well, you mentioned a minute ago, uh, Warehouse Project. Yeah. Um, that was 
really good. What's the actual club called? So the the actual venue is called Depot at Mayfield. Like yeah. Mayfield Depot. It's okay. called, so and that's the one the I, I went to, yeah. the new one. Uh, yeah. That was really good. Um, and I, I'm trying to think. I really like playing at Lakota. Lakota was good. So in Bristol, like, yeah. I think if I was talking local, though, uh, the Casbah in Coventry, just because I've grown up there. Yeah. When I was, like, 18, 19, first started going out, I just went, like, a couple times a week, <laughs> Friday, yeah. Saturday, sometimes on a so Monday. So what sort of capacity are, what, are we talking, like, sort of low ceilings, quite small club, or are we talking sort of, like, no, massive commercial big. one? It's big, yeah. It's big with the main room, then the side room, then the globe bar upstairs. Um, and then the garden area as well. They on the big events they have a DJ out there, so hmm. it's quite it's quite a big one. And they've had over the years. I think I've seen three refurbs, um, and the th- they're on the most recent one. They've the sound system's amazing. They they've got a massive uh, LED board behind you that goes all the way up to the ceiling. Really high ceilings. It's got these lights um, that hang from the ceiling. These like big strobe things. Hmm. It's just insane the setup in there sort of um if we were to if you were to discuss like we've discussed sort of like how important branding and image is to to an artist and dj how important making that first contact and reaching out is because not necessarily everybody's going to come out to you like you said you've got to work hard like from your personal experience you were in an industry and you were recognized and you were doing fantastically in the industry you shifted industries and you were like i know that i need to sort of take one step back here to potentially go five steps, six steps, seven steps, however many steps forward you need to type thing. Mm. What sort of one piece of advice you would give to people that are listening to that, that might be sort of, I'm in an iron about whether they're going down the right industry or I'm in an iron about whether they should reach out to this person to be like, you know what, can I have a warm up set? Or like, you know what, can I get on this lineup? Or do you know what, like, can you listen to this song? Or like, just like literally listen to this sound card, listen to this type thing. What advice would you sort of give to people that might be sitting on the fence or might be sort of in their own mind anxious or sort of nervous about taking that initial step i'd just say do it you know like you've got nothing to lose by doing that um if you don't put yourself out there people aren't gonna like take you seriously or or notice you you know they're not they're not gonna notice you you know you've got to shout about yourself you've got to be like your own number one fan (laughs) i feel like that's that's been my like motto throughout my whole life like (laughs) you've got to be your own number one fan because you know, you got to cheer for yourself. Not everyone's always going to be there cheering for you. And, you know, you got to push yourself. I think. I think that's. I've held myself back. I always sit here and think, what could I have done if I'd gone straight from college and continued with music and gone? I would have had like five years experience by now. Instead, I'm 25 and I'm just going into this now. And a lot of people I know have been doing it since they were like 19, 20. You know. So, I mean, it's still not, you can go into this type of career at any time, you know, it lasts a long time. There's people that are DJing and producing that are old, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but they're the legends, you know, but um, yeah, I just say go for it because the more time you waste, that's the time gone that you could be doing something with. You know, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done it before instead of like, I had to wait until um, I met Dom to give me the kick in the ass that I needed. You know, like he he told me that I that I could do it. Why not? He literally said to me, "Why not? Why not you?" Because I think I was complaining. I'm quite whingy. I was like, "Like, oh, I can't do it. Well, oh, I feel sorry for me." Wee, wee, wee. And he was just like, "Oh, get a grip, woman. You know, you can do it. If other people can, why can't you?" So, yeah. 
It's one of them. That's good advice. That's good advice to anybody listening and watching there. Uh, Georgie Wyatt, thank you very much. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you today. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Mate, I've told you once, I've told you twice, you know what I'm on the list. All right, all right.